exactly who I am. Say my name. Do what? I don't, I don't have a damn clue who the hell you are. Yeah, you do. I'm the cook. I'm the man who killed Gus Fring. Bullshit. Cartel got Fring. You sure? That's right. Now, say my name. Eisenberg. You're goddamn right. For all of the show's pleasures, its themes can be endemically grim, particularly now that the crutch of our sympathy for Walt has been yanked away. Each new episode arrives fraught with foreshadowing, with portrayal on the way. We know what has to happen, but not how. The show has shed its original skin, that of an anti-hero drama, for which we root for the bad boy in spite of ourselves. Instead, it's more like the late seasons of The Sopranos, the first show that dared to punish its audience for loving a monster. This makes Breaking Bad a radical type of television, and also a very strange kind of must-watch, a show that you dread and crave at the very same time. That was from Emily Nussbaum of The New Yorker, which I think pretty much describes my thoughts about this show from now on. Welcome back to Talking Bad. I'm Brian. This is Blake. Wanted to start it off here with a little something different, because that was a hell of an episode that I don't think we're quite over yet, even right now, a couple days later. No, no, it was the best episode there ever was. I mean, and if you don't <laughs> think so, then you ain't no friend of mine, because that was the best episode <laughs> ever, dude. I've watched it probably, I want to say four to seven times, and I've lost count. <laughs> I mean, it, it's only been 48 hours since it aired, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, real quick here, before we get into the actual show, I wanted to... Uh, Give a shout out here to SDF098 on iTunes, who said we were, our podcast was very well done and focused. Nice, solid username. Yes, yes, and uh, Big Dean 636 says, one of the few podcasts I really enjoy listening to. If you're like me and look forward to the next episode of Breaking Bad all week, these guys will help sate your appetite by pointing out things you may have missed and offering up theories as to how the story will finally end. Nice. Well, thanks, thanks, Big Dean, we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Well... We were warned, we were warned that episodes five and seven would be a kick to the crotch, and five kind of was just a little, I thought we were looking for something a little more deep. Kind of at the end is all that was, the last like, you know, four minutes or whatever. Right. This one was the one that really got me in the gut. Uh, This is the one where things go from very bad to much, much worse on the show for the characters involved. This was actually the first week that, you know, AMC usually sends out screeners to reviewers uh, so they can watch it a week and then spend a week writing it and then so they can have their article ready the next day after it airs. So it's not like they're up late at night, you know, trying to scramble to write an article to be online the next day. But this okay. is the first the first time ever they didn't do that. So nobody knew in advance what was going to happen until it actually aired. Oh, nice. With good reason, I would think. 
So let's get into the opening scene, which I think might be my favorite scene on television ever. Well, can I just say that I've watched the whole episode, like I said, four to seven times. Right. I watched the first scene <laughs> about 13 times, I would say. <laughs> just just rewinding it over and over again. Kept starting it over last night on the DVR just eight times in a row. Dude, from that first shot of the three bald heads in behind in the car with that heavy music, I mean, it's just, they're telling you, here we go, you yeah. know? Oh, Here yeah. we go. Oh, yeah. And we're finally going to find out what Walt meant by everybody wins. And we were kind of right in our theories. We kind of said last week that Walt's plan for everybody winning was going to involve him getting together with this other clan. And I kind of assumed it was going to be, you know, they need distribution. Yeah, we knew that. Yeah, that was a good call. Absolutely. I mean, we knew Mike was out no matter what. Mike's always, whatever he says goes, I'm out. Okay, that's fair enough. Jesse says, I'm out. And it's like, well, you're probably not, though. But right, you right, tried right. at least. Good effort. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, Mike Mike for sure was out. But this it was very interesting to see how Walt was treating this. This was his, look, I'm the leader, and I'm going to show that I'm the leader and why I'm the leader of this little empire that I'm trying to start here. And he came out. The cockiness that I have not seen from Walt. This is full on. If you had any doubt that there was, that this was all Heisenberg from now on and no more Walt, this was. It solidified it. Yeah, it solidified it. I mean, this is Heisenberg full on, full through the whole thing. You know what I mean? I liked his quote, you know, yours just some tepid off brand generic cola. What I'm making is classic Coke. Yeah. You yeah. know, <laughs> you know, some people were saying that, that, that was an analogy. That analogy was a callback to last week. Cause there was three times where people were, were talking about knockoffs. Like, uh, Hank complained that miracle whip wasn't really mayonnaise. Walt watched a TV report about kelp being passed off as caviar. And Jesse complained about microwave lasagna. That's frozen instead of being homemade. So maybe there's a little hint there. It blew right over my head. I was and, and nothing that, important whatsoever. No. Just some little smart thing that writers were mm-hmm. like, eh, this will be neat to just put in there. Like it means nothing. It did nothing, but obviously it was amazing. Right, right. And he basically talks tells these guys, No, look, we make the best shit and you will make more money selling our stuff legit than trying to pass off your crap as ours. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah. I'm the cook. I'm the guy. And this is the first time he admits it to anybody. I'm the guy that killed Gus Fring. That, dude, that was actually my favorite, my favorite part, obviously, because it was the end and, you know, the Heisenberg thing. But, you know, when he said, I'm the cook, I'm the yeah. one that killed Gus Fring. And this guy goes, no, uh, the Klan, I believe. Yeah. No, no, cartel got him. He goes, if you think so, or God, now I can't even remember what he said. I've watched it a thousand <laughs> times. And uh, just say my name, and then that, then that really clicked with them. I couldn't believe it, dude. I'll tell you what. I was sitting there on the couch watching this. My wife was, like, in the kitchen uh, doing something, and she could see my reaction. Of She doesn't watch the show. She has no idea what's going on. <laughs> I'm sitting there, and he goes, oh, you're Heisenberg. You're goddamn right. And I just go, Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Best scene ever. That was unbelievable. And I go, babe, did you see that? And she's like, I don't even know what's going on. And I'm like, I know. Do you want me to rewind it and show you again? Because it was unbelievable. 
Hey, but we, we we had texted each other about it the you know last night or the night before where that that theme kicks in right at the perfect time too. It's like you're goddamn right. And oh my god! Right when my head was like that was tight. It was like boom. Here's the theme. It and was amazing. It had exploded then. Yeah. Yeah. It was freaking awesome. <laughs> um, but there was that point. You know, I'm calling things out now. Like it's very telegraphic how much Walt is bullshitting jesse like when he's in the middle of the speech and he kind of turns around and he goes no two two mm-hmm. of the best cooks in america and jesse's like what the fuck i just quit yeah. <laughs> he looks at mike and mike's like just shut up it's fine mm-hmm. that's you that's know? his that's just the manipulation we've been talking about for weeks that that was his way of trying to keep jesse aboard and being like look you're a part of this you're every bit as good as me jesse jesse <laughs> every <laughs> bit as good as me and and that's his, that was his way of trying to keep him aboard. Like, look, I'm showing that that you're the man. You're the man too, not just me. Right. You're the man. I need you. Yeah, and I was seeing this going to be a problem in the very next scene after the break, as I think Mike did, the character of Mike, um, when Jesse's like, um, Mr. White, you know that this is all great and everything that it's all worked out, but remember, I quit too. And he's just like, oh, yeah, 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 we'll talk about that. You know, yeah. we'll talk about that. And it's just like, oh, shit. You know, he's not not going to let him quit that easy. No, you knew that was coming. You knew that was yeah. coming. And so they get back. Oh, no. And they get back to the, the, the hideout or the headquarters. And, you know, Mike's just kind of like, listen, Walter, you got to get the bug. <laughs> you got to get the bug, Walter. Just get the bug. And he's got his five million. He gets out of there, you know, and and. Jesse kind of looks at him just kind of like, you know, you know, I quit too. You know, well, you know, I'll, I guess I'll see you around, you know, maybe we'll hang out, have a beer kind of. That, is, that was exactly what it was. Yeah. I'll see you around. We're both out. Yeah. This and he's fine. like, yeah, he's like, dude, no, I don't think so. And he's like, when I'm out, I'm out. It's mm-hmm. like, well, Mike, you're as real as they get, Mike. God damn it. And Jesse's like, well, I'm out too. And he's like, well. Just take care of yourself, you know. Just look out for you. Yeah. Because he knew. He knew what Walt was going to try to do after that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Mike knew that he was going to get out. But it looked... But then when they, like, shook hands and everything and you saw Walter watching him, it felt like, to me, like a breakup scene. Like, Jesse and Mike were breaking up. They've been the very best friends that anyone could have for <laughs> for a season and a half. Right. And now they were breaking up and it was sad. It was sad because... Because, you know, Jesse and Mike kind of got along for a while there. They had a rough start, but... Yeah, and if these writers knew what they were doing beforehand, you know, you'd always hear about the the writers of Lost. They didn't know what they were doing. They just would go with it. So if they knew what they were doing beforehand, obviously they did it correctly. And hell, even if they didn't know what they were doing, they did it correctly to have this relationship between uh, Mike and Jesse. And now it comes to a fold and... Yeah. Here we are, and we'll, now we'll see what happens. But that really worked out well with, with that relationship. Right. I read online that um, Vince Gilligan broke the news. Well, we'll get into that. We'll get into the whole Mike situation here later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one scene that I found interesting was where we finally find out where they hid the methylamine, which was at the car wash. Mm-hmm. And Skyler's there. Skyler's there and she's just like, what the fuck's going on? You know, is this who's looking for this or the cops or someone else looking for this that could hurt us? But before that, you know, Jesse kind of gets out and um, they have kind of an exchange there that might look like nothing. But, you know, he's just like, hey, what's up, Mrs. White? Da-da-da. And they read the side of the truck, I believe, which says, mm-hmm. you know, and Jesse goes, Vomitos, referring, you know, the name of the pest control company. 
And Skyler replies, I wish. Yeah. That's kind of signified to me that basically she's saying we're both stuck in this Walter White Heisenberg world. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I wish I wish we could both get out of here, which is what Vominos means. You know what I mean? That's exactly what happened. I mean, and, and but now Jesse realized obviously the dinner scene, you know, two episodes ago, possibly. Right. I think he probably caught a hint of that, I, you know, with his <laughs> with the remember the drinking and the looking that was funny. But yeah, I think he now really gets it that, man. She wants out. She can't mm-hmm. go anywhere. She's with this monster. I can't go anywhere. I mean, he is just, we cannot get away from this. What if they together now scheme something? That's what I was thinking. You know what? That scene really had to make you wonder Mm -hmm. if they're not going to team up and end up taking Walter down, you know, because they both went out and Walter's not going to let that happen. I could see them teaming up and trying yeah. But Walt finds out, realizes what's going on, and guess what? Uh, it's going to be lights out for Skyler, care of a uh, poisonous dosage of ricin to the uh, wine. You know we're all waiting for that, for that ricin to come back. And she continually is drinking wine, which really makes you wonder. Like, that's a point. They're not just trying to tell you that she's a drunk. They're trying to bear it in your head that she drinks a lot of wine. And there's that ricin that's just sitting in the house. Waiting to be used. And and I got to say, this episode, and, and it was the, the Jesse uh, and Skyler scene uh, in the car wash, and then the Skyler and Walt scene at dinner. Right. Okay, obviously, she's not giving a shit about him anymore. I mean, he's having a microwave dinner. She's not right. making dinner. She's done with this whole relationship. And... He just starts talking about, well, I, I found a new partner, you know, this is, you know, oh, I think, yeah. it, I think it could work out. And she just casually gets up and walks away. And right then and there, I was like, you know what? I'm kind of coming back around to Skylar at this point <laughs> on her side. Yeah. Like I get it. You know, I yeah. mean, you can't escape this monster in this situation you're in. Your kids are gone. You right. live with this guy. You hate it. He's dealing drugs. You just want him to die from the cancer. I'm starting to get it now. I mean, I'm yeah. kind of like, okay, Skylar, I get it. You're not so bad anymore, I guess, because I know <laughs> this is a terrible situation. You don't even have your kids right. anymore. And to a mom, you want your kids. A guy, you know, I'm mean, sure Walter's like, yeah, I love my kids. But really, he's like, no, nah, I got to deal this meth and do all this awesome stuff. You know, and I'll see the kids <laughs> sometime. It'll be fine. Well, what really bugged me about that scene, too, was the fact that Walter came home and acted like it was a normal day at work and that he would just have this normal conversation, either completely ignoring the fact that she's upset, you know, still, or completely oblivious. I think he's just ignoring it and trying to get things back to normal. But that just shows you how out of touch he really is that he think that could actually happen at this point. Yeah, honestly, I... I th- I honestly think he's just oblivious to it. And he's I like, think he's lost it a little bit, yeah, you know? Yeah, life's fine. Look at this. You kidding me? You know what I can respect about Walter? He leaves it all at work. He left it all at work, <laughs> and he came home and just tried to carry on a normal conversation with his wife, and she didn't like it, you know? And right, right. Like, well, God damn it, you know? But that right. was exactly what's happening. He's totally lost touch with reality. He's oblivious to it, and he was just trying to make her, you know, just trying to make conversation, and then she left. 
Yeah, because he thinks in his head that, you know, eventually she'll just come around, just mm-hmm. like what you're thinking. Yeah. Eventually, it's kind of rough now, but eventually she'll get it that we're going to do well and everything's going to be fine. Yeah, maybe I'm a sociopath like Walter. To <laughs> <laughs> think the same thing as this weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then another thing came up that we had mentioned before in the podcast was the bug at Hank's office. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew that was very hastily put in there by Walter in his crying fit a few episodes back and that he would have to go back and get it. Well, Mike obviously says that that's part of the, uh, the major thing that he has to do. He's like, I'll, you know, I'll pay off the guys. I'll take care of everything, but you have to go in there and get that bug because they're going to sweep the place after I put a restraining order on the DEA. You know what I mean? Right. But this time I thought he went to the same, it was almost the same scene all over again. And I thought, well, he's not going to get away with it again. Hank's going to catch on to something here and he's going to get caught. Cause he was he's doing the exact same act where he's crying and Hank's uncomfortable. And he even has to say like, uh, I could use a cup of coffee just yeah. to get him out of the office. You know what I mean? But what happened? Something else happened. To, if Hank had any, uh, hink, is it hinkling or inkling? Inkling. Any, any hinkling of what was going on, it was shattered by Gomez coming in and saying, look at what we've got. This yeah. is what still leads me to believe now, I'm still on the boat where Hank just doesn't know. Mm-mm. He just doesn't get it. That's, <laughs> no. I mean, that's that's as easy as you can... I, think, I don't it. think there's any reason for you to think that he's... I mean, I would love it. It would be very cool if, you know, top secretly you know, under everything, he actually is figuring it out behind the scenes, but it would make a lot of things unexplainable at this point. Like he was going after Mike. He was on Mike's ass. He wouldn't let it go. We saw the scene with his boss over the television telling him like, look, you don't do cases anymore. This is over. And he couldn't let it go. You know? And and, and, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. And I was just going to say that there was, there was uh, evidently when he was, Going, you know, at the very beginning of that scene, he's going through the papers and you hear this really weird sound that kind of blocks everything else out. That whole feeling is very akin to obsessive compulsive disorder, evidently, where they can only focus on one thing, but they're intensely focused and and nothing else is getting in. So they were kind of using some symbolism there to say, look, he is dead set on this case and nothing else really matters. And and here's something I actually did get on the AMC talking bad. Um forum okay okay yesterday right decided you know what i'm gonna check it out i want to see what these other people are thinking normally i don't i don't do that it's only what's in my head and that's all i go off of i don't really read shit i don't right care what other people think about it it's what i am interpreting it as but i did get on there yesterday and going back to that scene about um talking to his boss on the tv right you know a lot of people not a lot of people, but whoever post I read had said something about, you know what? What if this guy now putting no money toward trailing Ermintrout anymore? What if this guy is in on it? And I've also, I also read Gomez. Gomez is a little bit of a shady character, possibly. What Maybe. if he's in on this? And then it's like, I just, I just have to shoot that down and be like, no, now, and I could be wrong. <laughs> But no, these guys don't know that Walt is the one that has the blue stuff. They don't right. know this. Who are they working for if they are trying to cover something up? Uh, Declan, this this new guy in his Phoenix cartel. 
Right. They're not in on this. It's just maybe trickery. Like, I've never thought that once watching it. Like, oh, my God. <clears throat> this guy just said no money is left to, to trail Mike. Pfft. Well, he's trying to give him a cold trail. You know, he wants this to keep on happening. No, dude, get out of here. That's not happening. That's not what's happening. Neither is Gomez. He's not in on it. And that's not even the type of show this is. This isn't Lost where they blindside you with something. Exactly. It is Lost. a show that is all about foreshadowing where it's like they'll throw a bunch of hints at you. And if you can catch them and remember them when something does happen that calls back to that, that's when you're like, oh, shit, that was awesome. Yeah. And I thought the exact same thing when you said this isn't Lost. You know, yeah. that's what I feel like people were watching this like, oh, look at all these hidden things. But you know what? When you thought about it, after we'd watch Lost and me and you would talk religiously about it. It was like all these right. little minuscule things that happened didn't really serve a bigger purpose. I mean, they were nothing. It was just little Easter eggs, you know, nothing to get right. excited about, but just something you're like, Ooh, look at that. Neat. Gomez and Hank's boss have no idea. They're not in no. on this. Nothing is going on with them. End no. of story. I'll that. I still stand by my theory that the whole Walter being Heisenberg could fuck up Hank's career when well, sure. he does find out well, sure. I think that's in the cards absolutely Hank doesn't know anything at this no, point no. I'm, I'm sticking with that he knows nothing yeah and, and again his boss Gomez folks out there listening that might think that Gomez is in on this I just don't buy it he is not he has no idea yeah here's another stretch of something that I read that they said one of the shots from that scene where Hank comes back with the coffee Gives it to Walter. There's a shot that looks like if it was black and white, it was a security camera shot. It could have been just kind of a hint, like just the angle of the camera looked like it was up in the corner at the ceiling. You know what I mean? Was it black Whereas and white? It wasn't black and white. But if it was, you would be like, oh, totally. That's a security camera watching them. But it was just like the color, just like the rest of it. But that people were think saying, you know, maybe that's a hint that there could be a security camera somewhere that caught all this. They just haven't had any reason to go check the tapes. Well, then I'll rebuttal it with this. <laughs> Mike, uh, when after he was all out of everything, you know, and he's throwing all that shit down the well. Right. You know what? Oh, there was a camera angle down in the well shooting up. <laughs> well, was there a special agent down there with a camera filming that? Come on. Right. You know, it's just... Right. Fun um, directing and stuff. Get, mm -hmm. Let's get some good camera shots. That's all that is. They're just this, trying to keep you guessing. I'm just but, reading but, what I've heard about this episode. Yeah, it's not my theory. This show isn't that over the top. I mean, it's pretty blatant with its, um, you know, its progress, I can say. Right. And they're not, I don't think they're, it's going to be trickery. There's no trickery involved in this. I mean, no. at some point, sure, Hank will find out and it'll be a huge revelation for him. But right. right now, he doesn't know. There's no goddamn camera in there. They would, You know what? If there was, you would have seen him planting the bug to begin with. And right. they'd be a lot further uh, along in the investigation than they are. No right. camera in Hank's office. Okay. You hear that, everyone out there? We've confirmed it through us. <laughs> not through the show. We've confirmed it. There's no camera in Hank's office, and Gomez doesn't have a clue either. That'd be called Moving jumping, on. That'd be called jumping the shark, actually. I jumping believe. the shark. Jumping the shark. All right. All right, moving on to my, I would say, uh, third favorite scene of the show. Walt is now, you know, Walt's fine with Mike quitting, but he is will not let Jesse go. And Jesse is intent on quitting. 
And every other time throughout this show, Hank's been able to manipulate Jesse into doing what he wants. Hank? Walt. Uh, or Walt, I mean. I'm sorry. Walt's been able to manipulate Jesse into doing what he wants until this episode. This is the first time where Jesse really kind of stood his ground. And that scene was awesome. Yeah, it was. It was. You got to see Walt go through every single trick in his book to try to convince Jesse to stay. You know, if, if he tried to flatter him and that didn't work, so he'll try pride. You know, it's what we do. It's, this is what we do. You know, Jesse's not having it. Then he tries to play the father figure. That doesn't work. You know, then he gets insulting about his life. You know, video games and go-karts and all this. And then that doesn't work, you know. And so, finally, it leaves Walt so frustrated that he's just screaming at the end in an empty room. You know, you'll get nothing. Yeah. You walk out that door, you get nothing. And, and then he's just did, so frustrated. And then how did that end? Jesse! <laughs> <laughs> Jesse! He's got to always yell Jesse at least once every episode. Yeah, Jesse! <laughs> um, but, yeah, but the, the part that got me in that was when Walt's, like, losing his temper and going off. And you see Jesse almost crying, just going, like, Mr. White, like, what the what are you doing? Yeah. You know? And it's just like, well, you know, Jesse's caught on. It's like this, this is not the same dude that I've been dealing with. This is not the teacher that I started with. You know what I mean? Right. And I think that was a, a good, a good point to make. I mean, he realizes, and he realized it earlier. Like we said, when he was in the car, but he watched with Skyler. He right. But he, now. I think he's realized it slowly. There's been points like with him whistling after he killed the kid, I mean, when when he was talking about how Victor's throat getting cut, and you know, like the first or second episode, he kind of looks at him real. He's been noticing things for a while. Now, what I what I will say, what I will say is, okay, we talked about it last week, the whistling scene, right? Okay, the whistling scene that we talked about that that happened possibly last week, two weeks ago. We're sitting here going, man, Walt has no remorse. He doesn't care. He, he is just straight evil to the bone, doesn't care. You know what, though? When when him and Jesse were uh, discussing the quitting, which obviously isn't happening, but right. when they discussed the quitting and, and he was like, I care just as much about that as you do. And Jesse was like, really? And, and it was important what Walt said. He's like, oh, do I have to go cry in a corner and show you that I care? To, to make you believe that I care. And I actually believed that what he was saying was true. You know, I did totally did. <clears throat> yeah. Like maybe it really did affect him, you know, but he's just, he, he, he when there's a tragedy like that, you got to look forward. You can't dwell on it, you know, right. and, and maybe his whistling, that was what he was doing. That was his way of coping with it at the time and not right. thinking about it after they had just talked about it. So I actually believed Walt in that scene when when he was telling Jesse, "I'm the father." You kidding me? Yeah. You're gonna say that to me? This is killing me inside. I actually believed it. I believed it too, and I think it did kill him inside. But I think he wants the empire more. I Absolutely. think he wants that so bad that he's just like, "I'm not letting that bother me," and you're letting it bother you, and you shouldn't because we can do this together and be awesome. That's exactly you know what I mean. What it is. That's exactly what it is. Absolutely good. You know, but unfortunately, you know, this this guy, Sean T. Collins at the Rolling Stone, he wrote a tremendous article on this whole episode. So I want to uh, say what he said here. You know, Jesse goes, you know, how many more people are going to die because of us? And Walt says none, you know, but we already know that's a lie. We already know that's a lie. 
And this time, even so does Jesse. Even before we watch the rest of the episode, we know that yeah. that ain't going to happen. Yeah, at that point, we even knew it a lot, but so does Jesse this time. And, you know, Jesse finally had a limit, and he's reached it. And so finally, he's just like, you know what? You don't want to pay me? Then I'm just out. I'm just leaving. And that's when, because Waller always thought he had that $5 million in his back pocket where he'd be like, well, I could just not pay him, and then he'll just come back. You know what I mean? But not, not to jump real far here and we'll we'll obviously analyze this and get through it but after all was said and done guess who does have five million dollars in cash now yep that's walt he's got it because of the ending scene we all know what happened we'll get to it but walt does have five million dollars now will he use that as leverage probably possibly i'll say maybe who knows now here's the real question that I want to point to you, and I, because I read this as well, is, is, is a tremendous question to have. Why does Walt want Jesse to partner with him so bad? Um, I'll tell you why, and I don't think it's very deep. I okay. don't think there's anything to this. Okay. Walt doesn't want to cook anymore. He told Jesse, oh, you, you can have your own thing. Right. You can cook. And he'll sit back and be the boss like everybody wants to be. Nobody wants to work. Everyone would mm-hmm. rather be the boss that just kind of like sits back and pretends to work and collects all the money. I Honestly, that's all I think that was is he's just like Jesse. And he told him in that scene um, okay. where Jesse first comes back in and he's like, hey, we need to talk about this. What we've already talked about. I, I, I mean, I just I basically think Walt's like, look, you know how to do it. I'd love for you to do it, and I'll sit back and collect the money and try to reconcile this family, possibly. Right, right. Okay, okay. Well, here is a theory that I didn't think about at the time that I read. Another thing I read, but that I'm starting to believe that Seems I like think you're it's very a lot, of, a lot of shit here, and not a lot I'm, of it's in your head. A lot, reading a lot of shit. Here. <laughs> I'm re- well. Listen to it. Okay. Right. So Jesse brings up the five million dollars. Says, I, I, you know, I'll give me my $5 million or whatever. And he goes, but you wouldn't want that. That's blood money. And you're too pure for that. I'll save you that from that, Jesse. You know, you want it. You know, come on. You want it. You want it just as much as I do. And and it's not wrong to want it. So stay and work with me and you can make 10 times, 20 times as much. And this guy says, you know, it's that moment right there when we get to see into Walt's real motivations. He doesn't want Jesse to stay because he needs an assistant or because he thinks it's important to double the volume. He doesn't even want Jesse to stay because he thinks that will make his empire grow faster. He wants, no, he needs Jesse to stay because he needs to see that Jesse is broken bad too, along with him. If Jesse wants the blood money, then Walter is 100% right that it's not wrong for him to want it himself. So basically, this guy's saying that he wants Jesse there so bad because if then he's not alone in what he's doing and he has someone to confide in and, and be like, Yes, we're doing this is this is wrong and terrible, but we're going to get through it because it's the ends justify the means and have somebody there go, you know what? You're right. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I, I could totally buy that. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I mean, dude, they've been through a lot together. Right. They've killed people for each other. I mean, they've been through a totally. lot. I mean, again, going back to the father son type thing. I mean, they, you know, would you just tell your dad like, no, I don't want to be your son anymore you know because of something right. that happened it's like no i i i, I get that i i can buy that so that's i mean that's it's something that i can see why because i kept sitting here going well you're a freaking genius 
and you're a teacher. You know, why do you need Jesse? Is it because I always thought it was because Jesse knew too much. And as long as Jesse's in the crew, he doesn't have to worry about him ratting on the crew. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what? Now, yeah, now that you mention that, it's like you could go back to, you know, season two or something after Walt learned how to cook meth from Jesse. And then he perfected it. Like, well, here's chemistry now and blah, 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 right. and let's do it. Why did he need Jesse ever? Well, well, there was a point where he, Jesse wanted out. Walt didn't want him around anymore. Called him a junkie and left him, but then they were going to kill Jesse. So Walt, when he still had a little bit of Walter in him was like, no, I need Jesse with me because he knew if he didn't, they would kill him. Because he knew too much. And he and, and Walt wasn't this deep at this point to be like, uh, I don't even care. Like right now, he'd probably be like, yep, kill him. Don't even care. Don't need him. Right. Got Todd now. Right. Got Todd, motherfucker. Right. But he was kind of like trying to save him. Remember, he picked him up when he was almost overdosed. He was in that like, I don't know, gutter somewhere and took him to rehab. And, you know, Jesse was in rehab for like three or four episodes and came out. And that's when he was like, you know, I know who I am. I'm the bad guy. You know, oh, so yeah, but, I only remember that from the uh, <laughs> from the video Black video, Grable's <laughs> 424 or whatever. It so was. anyway, awesome. this guy's just basically saying he's in this scene specifically, too, is he's pleading and conniving to keep Jesse with him because that means it's not just him going down this dark hole by himself. He's basically somebody else is doing it along with him. Which doesn't make it seem as bad. Okay. All the stuff he's okay. doing. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I, I, and on I, another I level, I think you can take it, but either how you said it or or how this guy says it, but it'll make you like it on different levels. I just real real quick. I'm just you know. I think right when you say that, I think of the whole gray matter situation that Walt was in. I mean. Uh, if Walt stayed with gray matter, would it be worth as much as it is? I don't know. I really don't know because he's insane. I mean, he's <laughs> insane. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not back then. He was a very timid person when this whole thing started, but you know, when they bought him out, maybe that was what they were thinking. Like, God, I mean, Walt, great guy, but yeah, he's just kind of unstable. Maybe he's always been a little unstable. I, I, I don't know. So, ah, it's tough to say. Tough to say. But either, either way, Jesse, uh, Jesse does grow a pair and leave. You know, he leaves, and then uh, we come upon Walt getting dressed up to cook meth, seemingly by himself. And I'm just sitting here, and he sighs, just like, ugh, like this is gonna suck. And the camera turns, and we see he's now cooking with Todd. Now, I want to know, did you have the same thought as I did, is when you surprisingly pan over and see Todd's now cooking with him? Were you just like, this this can't end well? Uh, yes, I did. And I also wasn't surprised that it was Todd. Actually, because he walked into the thing, and uh, into that little into their little room, right? and he says something like, all right, well, are we ready? Let's, or let's get started. Or something, and then it pans over, and I'm thinking, Todd, 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 Todd. Okay, perfect. Just like I thought. Of course it wasn't going to be Jesse, right? No. Who else did he yeah. have? Of course. I mean, knew it was Todd. See, I didn't I didn't even think for a second. I thought he was just going to try to do it all by himself. Well, well, yeah, when he was getting dressed. 
for sure. But when he right. walked in and he was like, okay, should we get this started? And then I was just like, oh my God, fucking Todd, dude. You kidding me? Right. You cannot be but bringing this Todd guy in for this. No, no. And not only is he bringing him in, but Todd's taking notes on everything they're doing. Oh my God. I totally wrote this down. I go, <laughs> actually, here's, <laughs> here's my exact note. Good old Todd is back! Exclamation point. Is it wise to teach Todd all of this? Question mark, question mark. <laughs> like I don't I don't think so. I, I don't think, it's think a so. Terrible idea. But you terrible know terrible idea. This could come back to bite him, obviously. And you know what was the great thing though was when at the end of that, that cook, Walt says, Well, I guess now we talk about money. And Todd says, you know what? We can talk about money when I get this right. And you could see Walt's face, and he kind of had a smirk, and he was like, you know what? That's perfect, because Jesse is all about where's the money? Where can I get my money? How do I get my money? How much money do I make? Todd doesn't give a shit. That's huge in Walt's opinion, and that could come back to bite him in the ass. Oh, I don't even know where this is going with Toddy, dude, but it's nutty. Right, right, right. I mean, but... Like the old Walt, the one who was oh so careful, you know, who was very nervous about cooking meth. I mean, you you would run from a guy who's taking detailed notes about what you're doing and refusing to take any money for it. And not to mention the fact that this guy just murdered a child possibly a week ago. I, I just think that Walt sees that he's got something that... that- Jesse never was. And and I I guess I, I mean I might I get spoke, what you're saying. I might have spoke before I thought about that because you know what Jesse's killed for Walt. Jesse's yep. done a lot of shit, you know, to to solidify his role in this in this gang. But in Todd when he does something like kill a kid or something, he does it and it's his idea and he just thinks it's nothing like he kind of looks around like what i thought that's the kind of people we were i thought that's what we do (laughs) you know right right so it's hard to see where that's going that's a mindset that you know todd's just like no dude i'm down to do whatever and i'm gonna get it right you know so i don't know i I still think it's a bad idea it made me very uneasy but it could have been the monkeys playing (laughs) the the monkeys song that was playing during the meth cook which i've never never seen it yeah (laughs) never never would i ever think that i would be listening to the monkeys on a TV show and being like, you know what, this is badass. This is badass. Off my shoes. It's front page news. Going down. Going down. Except for, except for the monkey show that played on Nickelodeon in like the early 90s, I remember. Right. Right. Now, one thing we didn't mention before was that when Walt... Um, was in Hank's office taking care of the bug. He overhears con- very conveniently, in my opinion. Very conveniently. <laughs> very convenient, obviously. Eh, you had to move the story forward. You know, Gomez and Hank, oh, by the way, just this strange Walt guy's in hearing distance. By the way, we got the lawyer, you know. And I'm sitting here, you know, obviously this is the lawyer that Mike set up to uh, funnel the money through the safety deposit boxes to the nine guys to keep them quiet. Very unique and, you know, interesting way to do that as long as, it, you know, and this is improbable to me, that the nine different families would all take the money without making a big deal about it and not spend it and not spend it on anything big. All nine families would do that. I don't know. I don't know. Well, f- those here, here's the thing to keep in mind, though. This isn't like they're getting 
$10,000 every All once. time he drops it off. I tried to figure out how much money they were getting. He would put a stack of hundreds in there and he put a stack of fifties. If I had right. to guess, it was probably like $2,000, maybe, right, right. maybe at a time, 2,500 or something. So when Gomez says no one living outside of their means, they can't live outside of their means. They're only getting $2,500 a week or two, or however, right. however often he puts it in there. So that actually worked out with me. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, great job. Yeah. Kind of, but it makes sense to me that if, if you know if Hank was really this obsessed about the case, he would have eyes and and they would figure out that members from all nine of these guys were going to the same bank around the same time every month or whatever it was. But you know, we'll let that fly. Well, no, he he figured it out in this episode actually. You know, when he was like, all these guys are being represented by the same um, by the same uh, lawyer. And he's like, and he, he's, Hank said, is anyone living outside of their means or, or is any right. substantial spending? And Gomez said nothing outside of their means. So I, I, I don't think that was a yeah. throw off. That's true. And Gomez says also that, you know, that's not uncommon that all nine of these guys use the same lawyer. But what did throw him off was that he goes, but why isn't Mike? Why does Mike have a different lawyer? You know, and in my head, that would tell me that Hank would say, well, follow the <laughs> Mike's lawyer. Who is Saul. Up, who is Saul. And, but instead, he says, you know, why don't you follow the lawyer of these nine guys? And that's how they catch him. They evidently, safety security deposit boxes are suspect to any kind of search whenever they want because these DEA guys just followed this dude to the bank and caught him red-handed. Okay. Now this, now this lawyer is going to flip which is a world of pain for everybody involved because he flips. He tells about Mike, Mike gets arrested. Then the, then the nine guys aren't getting paid, which means they are going to tell on Walt, which means the whole thing's going nuts, but they don't know about Walt. I don't believe, but even so, yeah, they do going to tell on Mike. They know that he was the cook for Gus. Oh, okay. These nine guys. Yeah. They know that, they know they know that that Walt was the cook. They were all part of the same operation under Gus that were making the blue. Therefore, Hank would find out that Walt is producing the the blue meth that they've been trying to track. Okay, but these nine guys, none of the nine ever met Walt. I doubt they knew his name. I I, I understand what you're saying, but yeah, I just I don't know. I mean, they don't know. That's who what he I is. took from it. Or yeah. else why would why would Walt even care? Why wouldn't he just be like, whatever? If they tell on Mike, I don't care. Well, because Mike's out. Mike hates Walt. Yeah. And for Mike to get caught, he could very easily be like, yep, I'm working he'd, for Walt. I hate this dude. He'd get flip him. too. Well, so then Walt overhears this and he frantically calls Mike. Old Jonathan Banks. Oh, that was a great scene. Oh, who, when he's sitting in the park and he's watching his daughter swing and he gets this phone call and you think it's going to be Walt, but it's the lawyer saying, yeah, right. oh, hey, there's something urgent. Uh, can I meet you? Da, da, da. And Mike, you can totally tell Mike's like, this is not normal. Yeah, but you know, unfor and I totally agree. And he did act like that, but he told him where he was, which I was like, dude, I mean, God, that yeah. was so awkward of a conversation. I don't know. All right. Maybe he wasn't. I mean, in his mind, though, at that point, 
you know, he had cleared out all of his shit. He was not going to be liable for anything as long as this money kept going. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. fine, but he did. The lawyer did say, and he, he didn't like he said, like Hank said, he's not even trying to, to shake our tails anymore. He's just being an old man, you right. know, sitting in the park. Gomez, but yeah, but then the uh, said that the lawyer said there's a problem with the money. There's a problem with the money. I need to meet you right away. And he's like, yeah, I'm at the park, whatever. You know, he's like, okay, I'm right by there. I'll meet you there. And he hangs up. That's when he starts seeing the cops. Or no, 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 Walt calls. And he goes, they're coming for you now. But, but, but Mike does look around after hanging up. I mean, he was a little bit intrigued by that call from his lawyer. And he kind of looked around like, what the fuck? And then his phone rang. Then his phone rang, and it's Walt, and he goes, they're coming. They're coming right now. And that's when my heart started racing. I, I know. Didn't stop. I know. Didn't stop for the rest of the episode. No. And, dude, Mike sees these cars pulling up. And I'll tell you what, this part hit me hard. The cars are pulling up, and he gets up, and he hides behind this tree. And you could just tell his world is falling apart, and it was heartbreaking. Like, But the way he acted it, like he didn't, his face like cracked, but he didn't like fall apart like panic. You know, he's just eyes watered a little bit, but he never really cried. You know, I actually was, wrote that in my notes. I was like, I mean, my note says such a sad scene when Mike couldn't say goodbye to Kaylee. I mean, that was a very just like you're describing it. That was a sad yeah. scene, you know, where, ah, you know, he was caught. But at the same time, it's like I'm I'm sitting here pulling hope, even though we called this episodes ago. That Mike yes. was going to be the first to go. Yep. I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know what? He can escape. Maybe send a postcard like Andy Dufresne and Shawshank, right. you know, and just be like, I'm still alive and I love you. You know, obviously Andy didn't do that, but he sent it to Red. But right, I, that that was my hopes. But I knew it wasn't gonna. I knew it well, that was my hope out. too. I'm just like, oh no. And he look when he looks to the daughter. And I'm just like, oh, my God, either he's going to run away and leave his daughter, who he cares about, obviously, more than anything, which is heartbreaking. Granddaughter, yes. Or he's going to make a break for it and basically commit suicide by trying to run away. I thought for a second, like, he's just going to start running. And then when I had that thought, I flashed back to episode two of this season in Madrigal when he shows up at Lydia's house and grabs her. You know, and he's like, I'm, you know, you're dead. I'm going to shoot you. And she's like, no, don't, but don't, you know, leave me here. You know, don't, don't make me disappear. I want my daughter to know that I didn't leave her. I want my daughter to know that I didn't leave her by herself. And he's like, no, I can't do that. And that's exactly what Mike has to do. Wow. Unbelievable catch. I know. Wow. Are you kidding me? So he. He leaves his daughter or his granddaughter there and disappears completely, possibly forever now. Wow. Which, well, <laughs> obviously forever, but fuck, I never thought of that. Good good little catch there, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. That's Then that, that whole scene just kind of like, oh, man, I hope he gets away. But then we flash to Jesse and, and Walter are with Saul, obviously, and they're just like, fuck, we're in this mess again. What do we do? And he's just like, God damn it, you guys. Always come to me. Don't use any of these shit-ass lawyers. Always come to me. I know how to deal with this stuff. And and that's what I thought. And that's when I came with this this thought. Like, yeah, why why use this other weird lawyer? Why didn't they all just use Saul? Well, I don't know. But I thought the same thing, though, when that happened. It was like, ah, oh, they're 
coming back to Saul. You know, it's always back to Saul. At some right. point, he at some point Saul's going down. <laughs> I would assume. Right. And he he thought the same thing. You know, he was like, I'm. These feds are onto us. I mean, they they know that I'm with you. They're probably sitting in my car right now. He said, and I'm yeah, like, ah, Saul. The only the only explanation for the for the this other lawyer guy that I could think of was maybe this guy was involved with Gus. Maybe this was a crew type lawyer on retainer for Gus. I'm sure that had been around before they even met Saul. And Mike hates Saul anyway. You know what I mean? So. That that kind of made sense, so I didn't I didn't dwell on that too much. I, I but think he, you're right. I think you're right. He's a very calm guy. I mean, even when he got in Mike's car after he mm-hmm. dished out all the money to all those people, and he knew this is the last time he'd see Mike, and he's like, "Don't worry, the families will be taken care of." He's right. he's been around the block. I mean, he's he's familiar with it, and it was a very um, comfortable thing, you know, for Mike and, and these other sure. guys. It was a good lawyer. So, but, you know, who knows what happened there. We'll find out. Right, right. So, finally, uh, we find out that Mike did, really did disappear and just took off running. And then he had set up a car with a, a go bag, which is basically a bag with everything you'd possibly need if you need to get out of town very quickly. Had it stashed at the airport. But he called Saul and said, I can't get to it. They're watching it. I need you to go and get it. Not not and, watching the car, but they're all over him, so he can't go to the car. Right, right. And Saul says, oh, I can't go get it because they know I'm your lawyer. If they're right. watching you, they're watching me. And Jesse, yep. you know, poor Jesse who wants to be Mike, you know, he's, he's, he's Mike's boy. He's like, dude, I'll go get it. And Mike, dude, being the stand-up guy he is, he knows Jesse wants out. He's just like, no, Jesse, you're done with this. You're not going. Yeah. And... Finally, Walt says, I'll do it. I'll do it. And that was the point that kind of had me, it was tough for me to swallow. Well, maybe it's, I don't think that Mike would let Walt do that because of the the history that they've had. He just got done pulling a gun on him, ready to kill him. And then he's asking Walt to come help him save his ass. Well, Mike did not ask Walt to come save his ass. He asked Saul and Saul said, can't do it. Right. And Jesse said, Jesse I'll Albert. do it. And he was like, no, I like, I love Jesse. No, you're not doing it. And, and Walt just pipes in and he's like, God damn it, Jesse, you're out. I'll do it. Where is this, Mike? You know, like nonchalantly, where is this? I'll get it. This is fine. Let's go. Right. And that's yeah. what happened. And man, I, and I agree with you. That was, you know, I saw that happen when, when Walt was said, I'll go do it. Yeah, And I didn't really think, I had no negative thoughts in my head, actually, about that. I was like, all right, Walt's going to do it, and that'll be that. But, again, me and you have talked about, Mike's the next to go. Yeah. And after about the seventh time watching it, and granted, I knew what was going to happen, but I could... I could pick up on it and be like, oh, I just, I don't know, this isn't a good idea that that Walt yeah. chimes in. He's like, I'll do it. You know, he had some ulterior motive. Right. And I guess in the real world, I would have, if I was Mike, I would have been like, no, Walt, you're not fucking bringing me this. <laughs> right. Get, get Huel to bring it. Bring Huel or the <laughs> secretary or somebody. <laughs> right, right, right. Get someone else to do it. Well, then we get to the main scene where, and, and I swear to God, actually. it's, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's fucking heartbreaking for me. Literally, when they start the scene and Mike's throwing rocks in the river, 
I out loud go, oh no, oh no. I get, it's just the setup and the scene. I'm just like, I know what's going to happen. I, now. I did too. I did too. Right when he was throwing those rocks and it's the sun setting. I'm like, oh fuck. Walter's bringing the bag and they're going to fight. And Jesse's nowhere around to put like, be the middleman. And oh my God, I know exactly what's going to happen. And I'll tell you what, I never thought twice when Walt opened the bag and saw the gun in there. Like I never even thought twice about that. I just, I, I, I didn't, I didn't think that was going to happen. What did happen? Did I did. We, well, we knew it was going to happen, I guess. Yeah. But I just, I think the writers was so good on their part. I just, I didn't expect that. I interpreted the whole thing as Walt was like, God, no, Saul, you can't do it. You're being watched. Jesse, you're out. I'll go do it. No one has a clue who I am. I'll go do it, and we'll get Mike out of this mess, and that'll be that. Well, it's a continuation, too, when Walt shows up of the earlier scene when, uh, you know, right before Jesse and Mike shake hands to part ways, you know, after they had made the deal with Declan or Declan or whatever his name was. And Walter, before he goes inside, is kind of like, well, how about a thank you, Mike? You got $5 million now, you know? And he's just like, Walter, just, just, Walter... Just yeah. go get the bug. Walter. Take care of the bug, Walter. Yeah. You know, does it really, Walter thinks he's owed this thank you of like, look, dude, I got you out of this with $5 million. You owe me. I'm Heisenberg. And that's him. That's him. And dude. so that, I think that feeling crossed his mind when he opened the bag and saw all this money and the gun. He saw the money again or whatever was, or the clothes or whatever else was in the bag. And he saw the gun. He was just like, yeah, that motherfucker never really did thank me for everything. And he's always, we've always butted heads, you know, and that, that thought crosses his mind, I think. Oh, I, and that, I agree. I did. And then when we get there and, you know, Mike's waiting and Walt pulls up and, you know, Walt's just like, I need you to tell me the name of the nine guys so that, you know, I can take care of all this if you're going to split town because they're going to talk and then we're screwed. It affects me, he said. It affects me. Mm -hmm. It affects me. And he's just like, I'm not telling you because they're my guys. I don't know why he wouldn't, but he's just like, no, I'm not telling you. And that's when Walter just goes off and was just like, you know, you know, I think he even says it again, just like, you never even thanked me. Da, 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 da. And, and Mike lays him out completely, dude. And I actually wrote down word for word what he said. I, like, paused it, dude. I mean, Mike, you know, he goes, we had a good thing, you stupid son of a bitch. He goes, we had Fring. We had a lab. We had everything we needed, and it all ran like clockwork. You could have shut your mouth, cooked, and made as much money as you ever needed. It was perfect. But no, you had to blow it up. You and your pride and your ego. You had to be the man. If you'd done your job and known your place, we'd all be fine right now. And he grabs the bag and, and leaves, you know. And I'm thinking, oh, thank God, Mike, get out of there. Get out of there. And Walt turns and walks the other way. And he comes back into frame. And I'm just like, shit, here it comes, you know. Pause it right there. Okay. Pause it right there. Because, yes, they had a good thing going with Gus. Yes. And all that was perfect. But you know what? Gus isn't around anymore. Now right. the good thing going is you've got Walt and he's running this thing. So now for Mike to say those things to Walt, it pissed him off and it pissed him off real good. Well, it hit him right in the pride. Yeah. Hit him right in the pride. But 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 for what Mike said, like, if you would have known your place, 
did what you were told. We could have made money. Now it all goes back on Mike. He's in the same situation now. If he would have, if Mike would have known his place, shut his mouth, everything would be fine right now. But, but, but Mike didn't do anything, though. Mike didn't say anything. He didn't change anything. It was the lawyer. Well, uh, right. But I'm saying Walt runs things now. Right. If Mike would have just shut his mouth and let Walt run it as much as we didn't want to see that happen because he's a ticking time bomb. Tick, tick, tick. We heard that before. Right. If Mike would have just shut his mouth and gone along with it, he'd be alive right now. Oh, you're saying if he didn't say anything to Walter there at the end. Yeah, yeah. If Mike would have just held off from his little conversation there with Walt, Mike would be fine right now. Well, I think that was kind of like a Mike and Walt had had been button heads all, I mean, for God knows, since they met, you know what I mean? They've been button heads and not really liking each other. And this was kind of like Walt knew that Mike was going to be gone forever after this moment. So he was going to get off his chest exactly what he's always wanted to say to Mike. And Mike turned around and did the exact same thing to Walt. He's like, this is why I don't like you. And this is why I've never liked you. All of this, falling apart like this is on you. Why don't you walk me through this, would you? You stupid son of a bitch. Walt kind of walks away from the car like pissed off that Mike said what he said and then turns around like he loses his temper almost, walks up to the car and shoots him through the window right in the gut. That I think that after he shot Mike, the look on his face and the rest of the episode was the first and only time we've seen the old Walter White this season. I mean, that was the old Walt just like, God damn it, Mike, I'm sorry. You know, and, and Mike's just... Mike's just the same old Mike, you know, just a badass till the end. Just, would you shut the fuck up and let me die in peace? You know, he's so grounded. He's so, uh, such a realist. Like, like in his head, he's like, well, I'm shot and I'm going to die. How do I want to die? I guess I'll just go sit over here and watch the sunset. That'd be the best thing, you know. This girl over at Entertainment Weekly, I just want to read this real brief thing about what she said about Mike. It was really good. And she said, you know, I'm a firm believer that your breaking bad your favorite breaking bad character says a lot about who you about what you value. Walt is the brains, Jesse's the heart, and Mike is the gut. Fittingly, because that's where Walter shot him. He said he said he was also the most level headed of the three, often playing by his instincts. Most of his hunches turned out to be spot on, not just the one about Walter being a ticking time bomb but also the prognosis he gave to old Joe right before the great magnet heist. I can see a lot of possible outcomes to this thing, and not a single one of them involves Miller time. There's a uh, behind-the-scenes video uh, on AMC that kind of shows you behind-the-scenes of each episode, and this one was really cool. They talked a lot about um, how they all, the whole cast and crew wore black wristbands during the making of this episode because they knew how it was going to end with uh, Mike dying, and Jonathan Banks, the guy that plays Mike, is such... That's not just a likable guy in the show for us, but evidently a likable guy on set, too. So I wanted to play a little bit of audio from that video real quick. I asked Brian to come and hold my hand with me. Because it's a mother tough day. We are losing one of our very special actors, Jonathan Banks. And if you look around, you'll see crew members are wearing black armbands and that's for him everybody loves mike everybody loves jonathan we hate to do it to him but it's his time unfortunately mike abandoning his granddaughter so heart-wrenching to watch jonathan banks in his depiction of mike 
I'd have never left her in the park. I wouldn't have done it. But you know what? I respect my writers, I respect my producers. My th take on that is that you get caught right now yeah. and you can't set her up for her what she needs. Yeah, it is the lesser, lesser evil. And that's why I did the damn scene, for Christ's sakes. No, I, I mean, didn't, I didn't go out there and pout. I went out, I did the scene. But it makes sense in a story why. Oh, I'm so glad we're getting rid of you. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Let me die in peace. This is a glorious end to a magnificent character that I've been lucky enough to play. So now you know I'm a cupcake. 46 years professionally, and this is as good as it has ever been. Thank you. Anyway, Mike, you know, had a really good quote there that I wanted to play. And so now we're left with what's going to be next week, which is the final episode, the the aftermath of this. My client will supply vital information relating to Fring's methamphetamine enterprise. Tell me something I don't already know. I got plenty you don't know. What do we do about those night guys? We? There is no we, Jesse. I'm the only vote left. Am I not tying up loose ends for our mutual benefit? I don't want to be one of them. Sorry if we went a little long, but this week's episode just was probably our favorite of the year. It was the best, and we have been fighting, holding back, trying to talk to each other about it so we could do it on the air, and I think it all just came flooding out all at once, which is why we didn't have an interview this week, because we knew we wouldn't have time. But anyway, next week is the final episode. Um, we will talk about what we're going to do. Um, as far as our final podcast, we haven't quite figured out if we're going to do it live or not. We'd like to. We'd really like to. Um, we, If we do, we will post it everywhere we possibly can on our Facebook page. Twitter, follow us at TalkingBad. Uh, send us an email at TalkingBad23 at gmail.com. Check out TalkingBad at blogspot.com. Or, I'm sorry, talkingbad.blogspot.com. We'll post updates on if and when we'll be doing a live broadcast where you can actually type in live your questions and listen to us as we ramble about the final episode, which is entitled Gliding Over All. There might be a lot of other people that could die. I think there's going to be some collateral damage. We would like to say uh, we're going to miss Jonathan Banks' character, Mike. I can't believe he's been around since season two. It was my favorite character on the show. It's sad to see him go, but he had such a heartbreaking ending that I hope he goes on to do much, much better things. Well, we'll be back next week for the final podcast of this uh, first eight episodes of Breaking Bad. Hit us up with your comments and thoughts on what do you think of our theories or, or and, and if you believe them. If not, if you think we're nuts or if you have any of your own, we'd love to talk about them on the air. So... Hit us up, and we'll see you next week for the final wrap-up of Talking Bad, the final season. We'll see you then. <laughs>